0: And so on the on the laptop, if you can open um, QuickTime and um, just play us whatever clip you've last um, listened to, because so that we can invade your privacy <laughs> and yes. show, share your screen, because we want to look <laughs> at your what tabs you've got open.
1: Uh, it's all right;
0: we're all going to share our porn at some that's point. All right. I've got no shame in sharing
1: that <laughs> whole day looking at dildos. So.
0: Fair um, I'm coming. <laughs> <If> you- <laughs> the whole day. Hey, Nas is paying attention, by the way. So.
2: Welcome to this episode of Survivor's Guide, and uh, today uh, I'm going to start off by 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 letting you in by reading out an email that we received. That's right, we have an official email address, which is. What is it again? Backlash. You know what it is. <laughs> Backlash at survivors.guide. Spelt the Australian way. Is there another way to spell survivors? I just reckon it nope. happens. Okay. All right. <laughs> so everyone should get, should get the right. I don't know why we're not receiving that many emails. But anyway. Well, maybe people are putting in an apostrophe before the S. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's why. That's why. Anyway, mm. this is what happens if you email in. An entire episode is based on your email. Oh, we've got one here. This is from a listener called Elspeth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why did you throw away the second syllable like that? that <laughs> Elspeth. Elspeth. It's, it's, a, it's a name that is <laughs> not made for people with lists. Lis- Elsp- anyway, <laughs> her email, his email, Elspeth is a woman's name, right? Their email. It doesn't matter. Their email. Yeah. Okay. Of course. The that's, email. <laughs> that's a trick question. Well done. <laughs> the email is as follows One thing I would like to know how to survive is how to avoid hugs post COVID. Can you talk to someone in any other state but Victoria who isn't a hugger? How do you weasel your way out of a spine-crushing hug from a self-confessed hugger when you're a self-confessed high fiver unless you have been mates for a year without being a major dork? Now uh, we could answer that because um, <laughs> because we've hugged <laughs> it before, I presume, and we also high five in life. Uh, but but why not base an entire episode around the advice of an actual expert, someone who is? Um, I can't believe we actually – Amy has done a great job today somehow convincing a an actually educated individual who has a reputation to maintain to come on our dumb thing. Um, <laughs> and I guess she's, she's been voted Australia's best sex educator for the last two years running. Um, she is a doctor. She's got a doctorate, a postgraduate diploma. She's got a bachelor's degree. She's got kids. and. I don't really know. She's got a look up. Her bio is pretty massive. Have a look at that. I mean, you can't see because my screen's quite wide on. Me. But anyway, she's um. Her name is Doctor Nikki Goldstein. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Now I don't know if you've got any regrets so far, but <laughs> <laughs> Amy would have told you that we want you on for around half an hour. So um, you've got
1: you got my undivided attention. How's again? that? Well. Ask me anything that you
2: want. No one's ever given me undivided attention before. I feel like I need to deflect like I normally do.
1: Yeah, that's too (laughs) intimate already.
2: (laughs) Well, um, I'm actually someone that's probably pretty bad at talking about intimacy. So we will not talk about me and intimacy, but we will talk about this emailer who may be me just using a different name. (laughs) <laughs> Elspeth is, my, <laughs> is Imagine my, if you sent in an email
0: under a pseudonym, but you chose a pseudonym that you didn't know how to pronounce, <laughs> which would be perfect because
2: then, then obviously it can oh, be made. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's all strategic play. All strategic
2: I see. play. Um, now you heard that email. Do you have any um, initial thoughts?
1: Well, I'm kind of all on board with the whole COVID no touching people because. I'm one of those people that I'm happy to hug you if we've known each other forever and we've done it before, but there's always that those awkward moments where you've either just met someone or say even professionally, like Mm -hmm. I don't work out of an office. I work all over the place. So there's these blurred lines between friendship and professional relationships. And you know, when you go in those situations and like someone goes for the hug and then Mm. some people's like, you hug one side or then someone's like a hug and a kiss and then you kind of like hug, but you move and they move. (laughs) You know, thanks to COVID it's like elbow, you know? And it's, I think it's been the best savior and I'm actually not sure a lot of people are going to go back to the hug. I think they're just going to stick to the elbow. Mm. But I actually think, you know, it's been interesting because this has been a question I think a lot of people started asking, like, hey, I'm allowed to have personal space and I'm allowed to just do a high five and elbow. And that's the sad thing is that mm. why shouldn't we be actually able to say to someone, thanks, but I'm not a hugger or I don't like to be touched mm. or you know, put your hand out and if they're going for the hug, say, no, I don't like to be touched. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that we should have no shame in being able to state our boundaries when it comes to physical touch, especially with strangers, rather than think it's all really awkward and we've got to go in for some kind of half assed handshake hug.
2: Yeah, well, that that um, has brought up a lot of thoughts. One of them, <laughs> them is that, um, well... <laughs> James, I'm allowed no, to. I'm out. just excited to hear them. It's actually brought up one thought. Okay.
1: Well, that's more than usual, so this is just great. Just see, you might come up with some other
2: ones as you go. Really, The thought is leaving my brain, to be honest. <laughs> I'm barely hanging on to it. But it's it, that, um, it, like, we might not even be allowed to, to hug for a while still. Like, even the idea of people hugging again, it, that might be something that happens in, like, a couple of years. So in the absence of physical touch, how do people can can, is it possible to develop intimacy between people platonically or romantically maybe via zoom or like even on the street like can you can that happen
1: i think that you can and i think this is a perfect example of how we are actually utilizing technology to do that exact thing i mean most people have found themselves split from loved ones whether it is family or friends or a romantic partner and we're just having to make do with what we have which is most commonly FaceTime and mm-hmm. you know, Zoom and house party, although house party seems to have disappeared. Now, that I've died noticed. like three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun for a minute. Then I went, what's the point? Just yeah. call each other on WhatsApp group or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So I think that we have actually managed to be able to have those connections and we shouldn't diminish them because if you look at the whole online dating situation at the moment, the fact that people can't really hook up casually, especially if you're in Victoria, Um, So a lot of people are taking to these online platforms Mm. and if we diminish this ability to form connections, what we see sometimes is that reckless behavior where people are like, yeah, I'll get naked and I'll have (laughs) Skype sex with you and we'll send each other photos, but they don't factor in this whole idea that you can actually form a connection that way. So I think that understanding alone shows us that we can actually develop connections through just looking at someone and talking to them. Mm. However, I don't believe that these online interactions can ever truly be a replacement for physical touch. I think as human beings, we do crave it. We need it. Need it. You think of a baby, you know, a baby is settled by physical touch. That baby grows up to be an adult that still needs some form of physical touch. So this is kind of the hard thing with the whole COVID situation is that, yes, we can have these great connections online. We can create intimacy. However, it will never truly replace the need and what it feels like to be physically touched even if it's just platonic
2: have you um uh, have you guys done that test about your love language
1: i've got the book i've never read it i've
2: read a bit of it and also i did the online test um which is um anyway my (laughs) sounds weird my first love language is um words of affirmation which makes me sound Mm. real like Come on, tell me lots of good things about me. But then I think my <laughs> second or third one is, is a physical touch, which makes me feel like a creep. But then I read about it and it's basically like someone could just touch you on the elbow and a, and a platonic a friend could just do that and, a, and suddenly you feel connect, connected to them. But yeah. um, given that James and I haven't hung out in a while, do you think our friendship is dying? if that's one of my needs.
1: <laughs> I don't think that your friendship is dying. I just think that that first moment when you see each other and you go in for that kind of awkward mm. romance hug, guy hug's always a bit funny because it's like they pat. Yeah, you yeah. guys do yeah. that because it's like yeah. in order to make sure the differentiation is that it's not yeah. slightly awkward or romantic and it's like a man hug, yeah. you know, you find it gets harder as yeah, the yeah. more masculinity people are trying to Just to, to prove that like, heterosexuality. Mate. That's a heterosexual <laughs> exactly. tap. So I think it's going to maybe be like this awkward like mm. do we tap or do we just squeeze because yeah. we haven't done this in so long. So maybe that's the that'll be the moment that I think you might need to capture mm. on camera for the both of you is what is that first hug what, going to be well, like? Well, Amy and
2: I have never met. So does this mean we don't even have a real friendship?
1: <laughs> well, I would say that Amy looks like she's a real human and if she's a real human then you can have a real friendship. But Maybe your your friendship is closer to James because you've had so those moments to experience physical <laughs> touch, but you haven't with Amy. Mm. If that is mm. the way that you receive your love language, so, and so if, well, yeah,
0: I I do lots of words of affirmation to you, Naz. Yeah. Like I'll constantly just text you like compliments about the you. I a text you actually. Hairstyle. I text you the
2: last one first. You know the last words of affirmation. You've the, done the last words of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, and then you kind t- so, I don't want, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read the the um the intimate parts of it. <laughs> but, so, uh, something. So I sent him a screenshot of a uh, something nice, and I said so nice, and then I said miss you. Aww. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm so maybe that's going. where I'm
1: going wrong. I'm doing like words of defamation and just like annihilating <laughs> yeah. your character rather than telling you nice things. And you haven't touched me, so we're well, just but really you just, all over the bar.
0: Just you wait until you get a chance to touch Ness. You're going to want an <laughs> affirmation all over that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Doctor Nikki, I've got a um, question. Doctor Goldstein, it's, or I think it's, 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 no, whatever
1: it's, you want to call me, I'm.
2: My surname's
0: Doctor Nikki yeah. Goldstein, um, <laughs> I've got a question. Something that's happened to me quite a few times in r- actual life is I don't know what the greeting is going to be, the physical <laughs> greeting. Like this is obviously pre-COVID time, um, and so sometimes, like, uh, okay, a couple of times I've gone and hugged the person. And then they've been super weird about it. So I'm having, I'm like on the opposite side of the interaction to Elspeth because I actually like hugging. And then a couple of times I haven't remembered whether in my friendship with that person or work relationship or whatever, if we hug. And so, and this is the, it's genuinely makes me feel a bit sick even saying this out (laughs) loud because it's such an awkward feeling in my heart. I'll reach I'll put out a hand to shake, and then they'll already be doing a hug. <laughs> so then my hand my handshake will get crushed into my own chest between us.
2: <laughs> but then your hand is also hand touching my chest.
0: <laughs> so then I'm sort of, yeah, doing a Muslim <laughs> greeting statically. No,
1: whatever you do, you've got to do it with confidence. Mm-hmm. And I always yeah. find it's so oh. much easier when you know, someone is really strong with their greeting. You know how you find those people and they're just, they're really enthusiastic hugger and they kind of come in and they wrap their arms around you and it—and you kind of can't get out of that. And I think... If you're going to be the hugger, be a strong hugger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) not a hostage situation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But in the sense of like, you know, it's it's those awkward Mm. half betweens where I would love to just be in those situations, go, oh shoot, that was really awkward, but no one ever feels like they can say something. Mm So you've got to be really strong. Either if you're a handshake person, you put your hand Mm. out and kind of really shove in their face like this is all you're getting, buddy. But if you are a hugger, then you've got to be really firm with that. Mm. And you're the one that goes and kind of embraces. It's when people get unsure and their behaviors start to get a bit wishy washy that you get like the hand on the chest. Or <laughs> I've had it before where <laughs> somebody went to kiss one side and the other side, and you kind of oh, meet half sh- in the middle. And it's like the half kiss. So and it was, no. was, was someone like, you it? <laughs> no. <Thanks. laughs> But it's, it was definitely like a half, like from there. There, hmm. so from the middle of the lips, hmm. and I didn't know what to say because I was like, "Oh, this is." You can't super really talk when you're awkward. kissing someone
2: else's lips. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> you can't. But afterwards, it's like, um, do so, I address that? Say it's awkward, or do I pretend it never happened? I'm never going to see that person. <laughs> or
0: do you just now? Now you're. That's the precedent set. You
2: do full-on mouth kisses
1: <laughs> with that kiss. person.
2: Oh my god! Well,
1: this yeah. has raised
2: so many more thoughts again, guys. For me, <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> Well, it's going to two, be at I've least uh, one
0: thought here. Go two on. thoughts, two
2: thoughts. Um, I don't know which one to go first. Okay. Long-distance relationships. People that meet online and now because of, well, especially in, in Melbourne at the moment, Victoria, not allowed to leave the state. Some people are far away. If they've never met before um, and they don't know how, how long it can be until they can meet, what is the likelihood of success and should they just cut and run?
1: <laughs> Listen, I think online relationships at the moment um seem to be it's kind of flipping around. They seem to be in a better situation because when COVID first started, it was a really interesting time for someone like myself because I was giving advice about something that I had never given advice about before. And the last time we'd seen this was kind of when Tinder really took off and we were talking about app dating. What's app mm. dating? So all of a sudden, everyone's going, crap, what do we do during a pandemic? And I think at first, there seemed to be this assumption that if you were stuck at home with your spouse or husband or wife, that it was going to be really good because you'd have more time to have sex. That kind of seemed to be the philosophy of a lot of people and people that were dating or in the casual world were kind of scratching their head going, well, crap, what do we do now? It's funny because I think we're, what, six or eight months in. And I'm finding that people in relationships, especially that live with their partner, maybe they're both working at home now, they're kind of not travelling, there's no distractions, they're now really struggling and they're looking at those people that are single and online dating and in long-distance relationships even and thinking you guys have got the better end of the deal. So, mm. you know, even though it is frustrating because you can't physically meet at the moment depending on what your circumstances are, Everyone's in the same boat. So there's no FOMO. There's no like, oh, so-and-so gets to live their relationship or well, they're going off to Europe to have a great time. We are all in this together. Yeah. But those that are in long-distance relationships, I think it's a great time because it's companionship. Um, it's a way to get to know somebody without the sex stuff getting in the way. You know, there's no emotions making things complicated. You actually get to know who someone is and what your banter is like, what your conversations are like it is frustrating because there's no kind of end date, Mm. but I think that you'll find that by the time these online long-distance relationships do actually end up meeting in person, they may be a lot stronger than Mm. if we were to do this not in COVID because they've had so much time to really get to know each other online but also support and distract each other. People are finding really creative ways online to, you know, make it fun or whether they're watching a movie together or someone was telling me they were doing their laundry with people on dates because it was kind of making a game like <laughs> do you separate your colours and your blacks and do you, what washing, the, you know, and it was just kind of a way That's of like nice. instead, of, well, instead of sitting there having a glass of wine and doing a virtual bar, which I think has probably been overdone a bit much at the moment, people are finding really creative ideas to strike up a conversation. So whilst all this crap is going on in the world, mm. how great to be able to have that distraction.
2: So so if you can survive this, then you're probably Yeah, going to do all right, probably,
1: possibly. (laughs) Unless you meet and you're
2: like, oh, my God, I don't like your smell.
1: (laughs) Well, there, there could be a physical element that, you know, dwindles a bit and people are like, okay, well, maybe the sexual chemistry isn't there. But I think with any relationship, when you go through a period of hardship or turmoil, it really can bring you closer together but also... Allows you to create these problem solving skills that a lot of people don't get because the pattern seems to be well, pre COVID. If you were looking at getting married and having children, you know, you date, you move in together, maybe you get engaged, or maybe have kids before you can engage, you get married, it's all really positive, yada, yada, yada. And then children come along and seems like life gets really hard and you're both stressed. And it possibly may be the first time that you've ever gone through a period of turmoil and struggle of lack of sleep and uncertainty and all these things. So I think it's in a way really good that if people are developing relationships during COVID, that mm. they've had a period to kind of problem solve. Like how do we do long distance when one can't leave the state? you i figured out what it's like. <laughs> yes.
2: You know when um, oh my some masters, they go for runs and they've got the altitude masks on?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's this like is a tr- philosophy. They're
2: trying to like put their body through a harder circumstance than they'll actually... And then when they take it off, it's like, oh, this is easy. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're like stress that. testing. Yeah, they're stress testing it.
1: more training for relationships. Yeah.
2: yeah, put it under pressure now. See, Find yeah. all the cracks.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. by all... the next pandemic, you want to be really having that stuff set in stone. What if
0: the athlete then like actually ends up having sex with that snow <laughs> on and
2: they don't even like it? What? Wait, sorry, I, I, I thought you meant with the mask this, on. Yeah, this just went right to a whole new mean. level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I, can I ask? Um, two more thoughts have come to mind. Wow. Like one of them about what? having sex with one of those masks on. One of the old thought that was still in my brain about actually. Well, maybe I'll, you've done a PhD. Can I can I ask? And I probably should have found this out. What was your PhD on?
1: So my doctorate is actually called a DHS, a doctorate in human sexuality, and that's the entire degree. So I was. Hmm very lucky to go to a school in America that the entire school specializes in teaching sexology um, and it definitely is an education like no other because my background was very academic and I got out into the real world and I was like well it was being, it's been great reading a textbook and you know going through emotions of things but I really felt like there was this lack of life skills as well that just wasn't really incorporated into the mix and I always wanted to be part of the educational side of things and helping people. Oh, sorry, um, I, was... I thought that
2: you were saying there was a real practical element in this course. Well,
1: there is a practical element. I mean, you don't walk <laughs> up to a school that is specialising in sex hmm. without an encouraging nudge to go and explore what the breadth of human sexuality really has to offer because especially when you're studying in a place like San Francisco and you just have everything you know, at your fingertips, you go off to the local dungeon and you do a ropes class or you go to a party at some warehouse run by some, you know, swingers group. Like you've got all these things. We had Pride a few times that were there, um, Folsom Street Fair. You know, you the best of it is that you have access at a place like that to just different types of sexuality and lifestyles and how people live their life. And that's the most valuable thing because, As a, you know, I'll say open-minded Aussie girl that rocked over there thinking that, you know, I was cool with everything. Um, That's kind of the education that you need to go along with the academic side of things because you need to see that everyone is different and there are different ways of living your life sexually and it's normal and it's okay and it's not so scary. And You can't always get that just by reading a textbook. You actually need to immerse yourself in those environments. Mm. I mean, even porn. I've spent a lot of time on porn sets and with porn stars and at various like functions and award shows just to be able to understand the industry. And instead of fearing it, I always wanted to know it so that when I do speak about porn and I am educating people about it, I know the facts and I know the real facts, not what some report has decided to say that may be based on some very tiny sample size.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, I have a friend.
1: Who... <laughs> a friend? <laughs> <laughs> the, the best, best question is <laughs> <The best questions laughs> always with it. So I have this friend. Oh. He has a rash. <laughs> is it Elspeth again? <laughs> <laughs> Elspeth,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to protect his identity, let's call him
1: Elspeth. Um, <laughs> but um,
2: but genuinely, <laughs> this person has no desire for physical intimacy. And uh, he sort of told me, but he's also, it's just, just never, it's, you know, he's, he's in his later years of life. Um, so, how do people, I, I don't really know much about intimacy or like what people know. Ne- like does it take other forms? Well, like actually, this is my other research yeah. that I did apart from your oh, here uh, we go. <laughs> Googling your name. Uh, I found an article which talks about the different types of intimacy. Did you know? There are <laughs> four different types. There's experimental intimacy. Are when are you people... asking Nick, Nikki whether she knows? No, she <laughs> knows. I'm, I'm asking Is you this too. a
1: quiz? Oh, Should sorry. I study?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this has probably been this probably was written up in in San Francisco where, where everything goes. Um, so it's probably in a dungeon. In a dungeon. <laughs> in the dun- with ropes. I can't believe I've never done a rope dungeon. Have you? It sounds like a thing that you do with your family. I don't get what it means.
1: It's uh, definitely not no. with family. <laughs> I'll, I'll no tell you. Has. I'll tell you a quick side story of the dangers of doing a rope class in a dungeon in San Francisco. So San Francisco has earthquakes, and <laughs> off we go to this dungeon, and it was this German couple that are very famous of, they're you know dominatrix and they're teaching us how to do all these ropes. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, the ground starts shaking. Everyone kind of looks at each other. It's an earthquake. (laughs) And um, one of the things that we learnt with, you know, experiencing this in San Francisco is part of the safety equipment is you've always got to have like these cutters around to be able to cut someone free because in an earthquake, you can have (laughs) fires because things can collapse and explode. So, part of the whole safety equipment of exploring bondage in San Francisco is (laughs) making sure that you can release someone very quickly in case of an earthquake. So, you did experience that.
2: The be intimate in earthquakes
1: well it's more like how to release someone from a dungeon <laughs> how to stop being like, intimate it looks yeah. like big it looks like these big cutters because some of these ropes like you imagine you've got somebody quite <laughs> intrinsically tied up and there's lots of rope around if they've got to break free you don't have time to undo that and unravel it yeah. you literally just have to cut the ropes to be able to you know, run to safety. So it, it's, yeah, very different <laughs> learning a ropes class. Yeah, and I'm not hell. talking about, like, high ropes you did in high school. I'm talking about ropes when you want to really punish someone. Hmm. Um, it's very interesting learning a ropes class in San Francisco.
0: Dr. Nikki G, <laughs> I, I would like to bring us back to Elspeth's email. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Because
1: the real Elspeth
0: or the fake Elspeth? The, well, we don't know. Um, <laughs> but the, because you, I think that you've kind of brought it around to it when talking about communication, I'm wondering, can there be some sort of system of communication around what people want so that Elspeth doesn't get hugged post-COVID when she doesn't want to, so that I don't slap myself in the chest <laughs> and get, get it squished by somebody else's chest? I
1: just it's simple say what you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. and i don't understand why we should have so much shame around that it's our bodies it's our ability to touch and whether we want to be touched or not and you know the big word here is boundaries we have every right to set boundaries with people and this is not just for hugging this could be you know your social interactions with friends and people you work with you've got every right to say um, no, I'm not comfortable doing that or I'm not comfortable going there to yeah. say it's a location. So if you're in a situation where someone is coming at you with open arms and you're freaking out because you don't want to be touched, you have every right to say, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm not a hugger. I yeah. don't like to be touched. Yeah. If that person has a problem with it or thinks you're odd for that, hey, mm. let them think that because You then in that process have put up your boundary and enforced it and that should feel good for you because you're looking out for yourself, which is what sometimes you need to do. People are not mind readers and they don't know where your boundaries are, so it's up to us to tell them.
2: That is a good answer. Also, just start coughing. Then they won't.